Welcome to the Line of Sight Gaming Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number four, four of the Line of Sight Gaming Podcast. Jaden's here. Hello, I'm here. Brett's here. I am here. The whole squad. We did it. We did it, we did everyone. It. Everybody's here. Uh, how's it going, everybody? We're coming on for number four. Don't have any interesting news or anything like that because uh, we're not really that fancy yet. But uh, let's jump into kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So we had a. I think you said this was a suggestion. That uh, somebody th- had? This was somebody. Somebody wanted some like uh, guidance on being a DM because. Okay. Cool. And I was going to write some articles, and then I haven't had time. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so uh, I thought this was kind of an interesting idea when Jane brought it up. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about, uh, I, guess, I guess we could say GMing, uh, since it doesn't really have to be specific. DMing is particular to D&D for the most part, but whatever, semantics. <sighs> yeah, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to say DMing, because that's like literally the only thing I, that's how I was raised, and it's just stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's, yeah, I I typically will say that as well. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about, yeah, getting into kind of setting up, starting uh, DMing. I, I am going to say right off the bat, there are a couple of resources I do want to throw out like early mm-hmm. on. Um, these are specifically in the form of uh, YouTube channels. I Really, there's one primarily that I would suggest taking a look at. Um, if you've never watched any of Matt Colville's videos... Uh, mm-hmm. if you look him up, Matthew Colville, uh, he was the lead writer for Turtle Rock Studios who did games like Evolve and stuff like that. Um, he has a massive series just called Running the Game that is, now I will say my style is very different from his, but he has incredible advice. Like it's, it's r- ridiculously good. So just as a thought, that, that that's a good place to check out if you want like some long form <laughs> content because it's like hours and hours of stuff. Go check him out because he's just got some really good ideas. Beyond that, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, kind of, yeah, setting up for for GMing in general. Um, I want to kind of start out with like sort of, I don't know, when people are looking into the idea of like DMing any kind of a game, this could be Dungeons and Dragons, this could be anything. Most of our experience, uh, at least I I can speak for Jane and I, it has been with Dungeons and Dragons. I've run a few different systems um, and I actually I used to like habitually like buy and read rule systems like a lot. I've I have so many different <laughs> tabletop rule sets and rattling around in my brain at this point. Um, but uh, a, a lot of people when they're looking into the idea of, of GMing, there's a, there's a few reasons you could kind of end up going into it. Some people are just kind of drawn to it initially. Like they look at the rule sets and go, I want to be the guy telling the story. Um, I think actually Matt Colville talks about the reason he started DMing is because he wanted to see the secrets in the adventure modules, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, I, which I thought was very funny. Um, I was like, I want to see what he's talking about. Um, and for some people, it's just straight up like you have a group of people that want to play and you were the first one to break and say you'll DM a game. <laughs> uh, that, that is absolutely a thing. And you are a courageous and wonderful person, and uh, thank you for doing that for your group. Yes, um, you. yes. Uh, not to say it's not like my favorite part of the game, personally. Oh, but, seriously, yeah, yeah, so much fun. So the big thing, though, is once you decide that you want to DM, if you've, especially if you've never done it before, is uh, it can be very intimidating. Um, yes, especially and now. This is one thing: is that I kind of I've DM'd games since I was fairly young mm-hmm. when. Same. When uh, tabletop role playing was not 
mainstream at all and was very much i mean it's still it was still a big dork activity um things have changed a little bit i think the environment is a little bit different in that it's become a lot more mainstream and we have a lot more of these kind of like high profile celebrity dms and things like that and yeah I think that that probably adds a lot more to the intimidation factor. Um, when we were young and getting in, it was like, we didn't know any better. Like, I don't know. I'll just run the game. And however I do it is how games are run. I guess like there wasn't, you know, there was nothing there. We had no idea. Like, or maybe right. you had, you know, in, in your case, your dad, right. Who, who would run games for yeah, you. Yeah. I had my dad and that honestly, he's as good as a lot of the celebrity DMs, So I kind of had that pressure from the beginning yeah. in some ways. And well, I can talk about how I started was uh, I actually remember still this guy. I have a very poor memory of my childhood, but this is like one of the few things that stuck out to me is I remember walking around Barnes and Nobles, I believe, and seeing the third edition um, mm. uh, books. They had like its own uh, like uh, display, right? display thing. Yeah, they were fairly new at the time. And my mom randomly was like, oh, yeah, I like played like second edition with some friends when I was like in high school or something. And she explained kind of how the game worked to me, like mm -hmm. generally. And I literally went home and wrote my own rule set. That was the first <laughs> thing I did. I was like, I was like nine or so. I don't remember. I, I was very young and I wrote my own rule set with no knowledge. I wish mm -hmm. I could find. I don't think I hand wrote <laughs> much of anything. I wish I could find this because I bet it's fucking incredible. That um, was so fun. Because I had no idea literally anything about how these games worked. I knew that you rolled dice and you fought monsters and you gained levels and stuff like that. And I, I took my little brother, who was my guinea pig for all kinds of things, <laughs> and just like made up monsters and made him roll dice at them. Like that was literally how I started. And so I've just literally never played tabletop RPGs without DMing being the thing I was doing pretty much. I've almost never PC'd a game actually, like very rare. Um, I can probably yeah. count on one hand actually how many games <laughs> I've played in as a player. Um, I was very, DMing one of those. Yeah. Yeah. You ran one of them. Um, yeah, and that's, that's one thing I'm excited about being able to start doing games in the future is having us alternate and actually get to play. Yeah, that'll be that's that'll be really interesting. Yeah, but I, yeah, like we, I think we we fall well into that definition of a forever gem of just oh, that's our lives. Right? Yeah, uh, and to and be honest, just, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I really like DMing. Oh yeah, well, so this is a, every time I try to be a PC, I inevitably end up DMing. <laughs> like that was the same when I went and did I was like I'll do I'll go do Adventure League they'll have DM set up for me and it'll let me just like play games I got there and was like I just want to do this and volunteered <laughs> to DM like within three weeks it's um, <laughs> a problem so this is the thing for the most part now it, there's there's a there's a lot of like weird environments you kind of have to to deal with with the fact that there is this kind of celebrity status to these D&D, &D, to these these games and things like that. But a lot of the time, especially if you're getting in with a bunch of friends who are like, I don't know, I feel like playing a tabletop game. That sounds fun. Um, nobody knows what the hell's going on. And yeah. and this is the thing. Everybody, everybody, even even people, if they have been really involved with like the media and I mean, like obviously the the big thing in the room is Critical Role. Mm -hmm. um, even people who have been kind of involved with that for a while. Yeah, there are people who have stupid expectations and things like that. This is a common issue throughout the this particular community that's been coming up for a while. But at the end of the day, everybody's going to sit down and be really awkward together and have a great time. Yep. Like and you, and you need to kind of make sure that those expectations are not like too high for yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, 
there's a lot of early on because I think there's a lot of pressure to sit down and be like, you need to know the rule set really well so you can make calls that are accurate all the time. It's like, hell no. I'm going to talk know. a little bit about a game I just started running. Wait, uh, rules, I, are, rules are the least important part of DMing. Abs- absolutely. But that's the thing is, a lot, uh, is people going into DMing often get really hung up on it. Okay. And so I'm going to talk a bit about uh, I recently started running a new rule set that I had never run before. I literally just ran my first cyberpunk red game like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I've read through the rule book pretty thoroughly, but mm-hmm. uh, that does not prepare you. It just doesn't. <laughs> and going in stressing about if it will prepare you is just going to stress you out because you aren't mm-hmm. it, you're you're not prepared enough. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's and that but that's that's fine, because the thing is, is at the end of the day, the goal is, is that you get to kind of tell a story together and have fun within this structure of a rule set. Right. Yeah. And so, like, in our case, we had a few things come up. I at one point I went. I don't know who wins ties on skill checks. Defender wins ties. We'll look it up later. Like literally, yep. I just was like, we'll go with this, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a ton of things that came up over and over again that I was like, I do not know the answer to this. This is what we're going to do for now. We'll look it up later. Yeah. And I, actually, this is one of the things that I, I kind of want to jump in at the beginning here and just say, like, if you're the dungeon master, or the, the games master, or whatever, um, I, I like to tell players this at the beginning of campaigns. I'm like, so in this world, there's you know there's the peasants and over them there's their lords and over them there's the kings and over that there's the you know the empire and over that there's there's the gods and above all of that there's whatever i say <laughs> yeah yeah and, and they're Not like wrong. are you serious and i'm like yeah no this is actually how it works if, if i say it happens it happens and you got to deal with it yeah yeah, for sure. And the, and the thing is, like, for some DMs, that might turn into a bit of a power trip. But really what it is, is your goal, your your job, right, is you're getting in to just make sure the whole thing moves in a direction. Does it have mm-hmm. to be the direction that you intended? No. Not necessarily. But it's about kind of all having fun, right? And that, that's mm-hmm. kind of the goal. And And this is the thing. If you go in going, I shall guide them in this direction, uh, welcome to hell. <laughs> like, no. no. Inside yeah. of the first 10 minutes, you're going to be like, well, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do now because they're going somewhere <laughs> that I did not even consider. Yes. Uh, and that's part of the fun it, is it's it's uh, like, I don't know, that that kind of off the cuff and not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, that's the point, right? Otherwise, just write a book. Yeah. Um, and it, it's all, you know, it's it's a controlled sort of chaos with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think, I, I don't know, I, I guess because this is part of what we were saying at the start is maybe let's talk a little bit about how we prepare games and we'll kind of compare notes. Yeah, like, I, I, think I, think it would be, be I think it would be a good idea to break this into like three parts. It's like prep and then um, table, like actual playtime, and then reflection. I think those are like the three big parts of running a game for me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, why don't, why don't we just jump right in? Yeah, Um I do want to also, uh, do we want to do this in the context of running just like an adventure or like a campaign? Because they are slightly Ooh, different. They are, they are slightly different. Um, let's do, let's presume we're running a campaign and we can throw in some some differentiators for an adventure uh, as they come up. Okay, that works. Which do you prefer? Oh, I yeah, I like campaign writing. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Now, there there is something really nice about small adventure stuff, uh, but it is a little bit different. But it, campaign writing is where you get to be a crazy person. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've actually spent a lot of time on a setting for a while. 
uh, that's kind of intended to to go into a campaign. Now, this is the thing, and this is a very important thing, is you do not have to make your own world. Nope. You don't have to do that. You don't even have to write your own adventures if you don't want to. Like, yes. Using pre-written stuff, either as like this is the the story we're doing or even just as like here's the loose setting kind of setup that we're using totally fine yeah right? that's what i'm doing right like, now mm-hmm. yeah i i never ran pre-written adventure modules like almost my entire life and it's only really in the last like few years and it but it wasn't like any kind of like a version i was just like i don't know you make your own shit like this is what i always did um, but it's in like the last few years, I started picking up some of the like adventure module stuff and I'm like, you know, this does make life a lot easier. I don't have to write <laughs> yeah. anything. And... and it's also worth noting that the fifth edition adventure modules, the, the more they do, the better they are. So the more recent adventure modules are actually really excellent in a lot of respects. Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely true. Um, the early ones are they're, sh- they're sure rough yeah but but there's but, fun in that too and we'll talk about that because chandler and i both run the campaign that we're we're gonna i'm gonna chat about at least oh sure um yeah so in the case of so this is probably the first right off the bat we're gonna probably have a very different way of approaching uh mm-hmm. part of this when i'm building any kind of a story any any story or setting or campaign or anything like that i really like to do everything kind of backwards I am. I love starting at the end and working back from there. Mm. Uh, the it, this this goes in and this goes not only just in story structure. I love going, hey, where could this end up? All right. What would logically lead to that? Right. Like, mm-hmm. what's the thing prior to that? What's the thing prior to that? What thing prior to that? And you don't need it to be super structured, but just kind of going like, hey, what's what's the how do I explain this end goal that I've already kind of figured out? Mm-hmm. Um this is the way I do tons of aspects of this. Um, I love starting with a map. That map can be totally random, like literally just it's squiggle lines. And I go, okay, why is this how it is? Where would Mm -hmm. things be placed on this based on how I've done it? Right. I kind of almost take away my own control early on, like with a, here's how it is. And I'm just going to lock that in. Now, let's work backwards and figure out why it is this way. Um, right. What's funny is I find I actually really like stories structured that way too. I love backwards stuff. That's why I like name of the wind is very cool. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I like to have a very kind of um, very much kind of end backwards sort of a way of, of approaching it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't do that at all. I start with yeah. a thing that happened and I, yeah. and I try yeah. to explore the consequences of the thing that happened. Yeah. And so the problem with my system of doing it is while I find it to be a lot of fun, uh, it takes about a billion years to get to the first adventure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I do have to I'm usually like lost in the sauce somewhere way off in space, like building out this insane shit. And then eventually I go, I am out of time and I do have to start an actual (laughs) adventure that uh, my players can like play in. Mm -hmm. Um, So like it is very much a uh, a product of my very chaotic way of thinking, <laughs> uh, which which kind of leads into some very weird directions. Yeah. Um, but even from like a smaller adventure standpoint, I still do this in kind of a similar way. Um, I, I can actually talk a little bit about because I just did this uh, about my uh, cyberpunk adventure. Now, um, for anybody who plays in that game, if you're listening to this, don't. 
uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go super into detail, so it's not like super spoilery, but like I'm just going to talk a little bit about kind of like how this design went. So I started out with what is this group's mission going to be, right? And I wanted it, and it actually it was the, the thing that actually got me interested in in this particular story was an item that I came up with. Um, it was a, a cyber deck, a thing that they used to to connect to the um, like the Internet space within this this cyberpunk world uh, that I had some kind of interesting properties lined up for us. Like, hey, I, I've got this very unique concept for this, like, cool piece of tech that the the group could get. And if they get a hold of it, it would give them kind of an interesting, like, thing that made them stand out going forward and and help explain kind of why maybe some of the the future story beats happen i haven't worked out any of what those are <laughs> mm -hmm. but i was like i want to start with this like interesting piece of tech where would they find something like this i was like well probably like if this is very very unique probably an r d lab somewhere right like that mm -hmm. it's not out to the public it's something okay why would they need to be going into an r d lab well probably another company sends them in there to break <laughs> shit <laughs> right like that like, kind of like makes you do yeah, that that, that kind of makes the most sense to me, right? Okay, so who would this company be that has this R&D lab? Probably somebody that does like enthusiast cyber deck stuff. Like I'll build out a company based on that. Who would be sending them in? Well, they don't know. So I don't even really need to work that out yet because it's anonymous and they can figure it out eventually. And I've got some ideas that, that I've kind of come up with for that. Um, and then That's from the, there- Pause right there, actually. That's a really important point. You don't need to know Everything. the background for yeah. what things that your players don't necessarily know right yeah. and if there's very few ways that they're going to figure something that out in the game don't stress about it until after the fact because some ideas are worth spending a couple of weeks couple of months germinating and ruminating and thinking about ways to to make that tie in it's it's not required to know everything to know that's everything. a very important yes. thing right yeah. there well and and so that's that's a big thing about even when you're world building right is that if you even if you're building out some huge camp like wild campaign setting with all kinds of crazy shit going on um your players are only going to see like a town <laughs> initially <laughs> right well they're like, going to so... see a town they're going to see probably like three people in that town yeah they'll, they'll be like uh, i don't know the inside of a tavern and like make sure you have like a shop because yeah, they might go there and then like, I don't know, somebody's house that they might go to. And this is the thing. Remember that this is all an illusion, right? Like it's all it's 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 all lies like at the end <laughs> of the day. Right. And so, like, say you have an NPC that you would like them to meet. You could put that NPC anywhere. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't like, matter where they go. Even you if just, you were like, like, oh, they didn't go into that house. I put the NPC in. I don't know. Maybe they went outside and they ran into him out there. Who cares? Like, it's yeah. up to you, right? Like, you and, and honestly, like, here's here's another trick. Um, if that like if the reason they need to meet somebody is to, to convey information, anybody can convey that information. You just like have to give a good reason, like why they know that information. Right. Yeah. So maybe they don't even go in the right direction and they just like leave the town. And they run into somebody and that somebody has one of the pieces of information or like they find it written in one of the backpacks of the, you know, the group that the monsters that they kill or, you know, right. Like that information yeah. is the important thing, how they get it there. You can. And this is a really good idea. Give yourself like four to ten different ways to get them that information because that'll make them feel less railroaded into it and it will give them more choices and it will make them feel like your world is a lot bigger than it actually is. Yeah. It that's yeah. So I mean, that's this is the this is the dark secret of all DMs is that like, <laughs> you can literally just make shit up. 
and like yes. and it's all an illusion and it's all a lie and and that's part of why like you don't need to stress about it as much as like you think you do now there were some people who make a fucking living playing the game and can prep their campaign for 30 hours a week we are not those people no <laughs> right like no. we we don't have to have a fully painted constructed dwarven forge battle map for every area we walk Remember, into sir. yeah i've been doing this for like most of my life and i still draw marker on uh like yes on a, a hex mat, grid right on a on a hex grid yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I do i do it all the time i've done it for years sometimes if i'm getting a little fancy i'll build like a fun little mat but like it's when I'm fancy. I, I don't do yeah. it that often. Like it's you, you got to work within the constraints you have. Another thing that I would really highly suggest it's this is kind of how I run things. And, and actually a very good example of this for the most part um, is if you ever pick up and read through Curse of Strahd, the, the adventure module mm -hmm. for 5e. Now, that's a very good module for a lot of reasons. But one thing that it does that I kind of picked up on and I really like uh, that also can kind of reduce your your prep time and how much like work and memorization you have to do is creating a sandbox, right? Mm -hmm. Is creating a area. And now again, you don't have to memorize everything, but creating an area that you know enough about that you don't really need to prep anything specific. Yeah. You can kind of go, hey, I've put some interesting hooks in a few places that they'll they might stop by and i can move those hooks if i want them to find them mm -hmm. that's fine as long now as it's in like quick. a logical way yeah let's real quick define what a hook is oh sure because that's uh, an important an important term that not everybody knows yeah well it's just yeah this is where this is such a huge topic um because, because this gets into how storytelling works <laughs> um so one of the things that and it, this is it, I've seen like really, really new DMs do this and it's always kind of rough, which is the like you all meet in a tavern. Never, ever, 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 ever do that. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Oh, no, you can meet in a tavern. It's fine. Okay, But don't do it often. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some people really like it, but it, it doesn't like what you shouldn't do is you all meet in a tavern. You're all meeting right now. Talk. <laughs> Roll oh, yeah, play. That's like that's it's the worst <laughs> like it is the most awkward shit you will ever sit in on in your life like unless right. your group is already super comfortable with each yeah, other in which case is, it can be great yeah unless you're just really into it right like it, it just doesn't work well like 99 times out of 100 though like because they don't have anything they don't have any, they have no connection to this world yet a lot of the time or like who they even are um yeah don't do that it's it's terrible but um the other thing is even when you have kind of worked out like, yeah, I've worked out how to kind of introduce them and get got them chatting and having fun and stuff like that. Um, they need a reason to go do the story you made up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this seems obvious, but like it's really easy to just not do like yeah. just kind of go. There's no inciting incident of any yeah. kind <laughs> I've, I've realized that i have created a situation where nobody knows what the story is because it's out of town and i didn't create any way that it's going to come up right and yeah. this can be this can be contrived as hell it doesn't matter like it can be a guy walking in going i have a quest for people like it doesn't matter like something right something yeah. to get you moving now you can get more complicated and fancier than that if you want but there's something to be said about just like somebody bursting in going the mayor's been kidnapped here's a right. hundred gold to whoever finds him you know like that's that's yeah 
it works, right? Or like the the granaries on fire, right? Yeah, there, there's well, like, like there's something arsonists. is attacking the town right now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like there's you know, they, it, and then they run off into the woods. We need somebody to go chase them. Like it's yeah. it can be very very simple stuff, right? It Another thing you can do that you can put a hook, which is what this is. You can have the game start with them already engaged in the aftermath of that hook, like. Oh, yeah. Cobalt have been raiding. Yeah. yeah. Cobalt's have been raiding. You guys were sent out to go find them. You are here on the map. It's this time of day. What do you want to do? Right. Yeah. Well, so if we can take something from game design here, you mm-hmm. want the first, you know, five minutes, first hour of your game to showcase what your what your players are going to get out of that game. And so mm-hmm. getting getting to the thing you want your game to be about as fast as possible, whether that's here's this you know whole huge universe, here's the story I'm telling, you know we're gonna negotiate the merchantile uh, um, contracts of you know two nations, like whatever it is you want your game to be about, whatever your players want, that's what you need to do really fast. Yep, this is true. Yep. So, yeah, and it, it's just it's getting people interested. It's getting people excited to come back and be like. I want to go. I want to continue doing that thing we were doing, right? Yeah. And it's and, and it's you don't have to be like Brandon Sanderson here. Like <laughs> it can be very simple. There's an enormous amount of like fun and hook factor that kind of just comes from like all being together, playing a fun game, hanging out with your friends yeah. and stuff. Yep. Like it doesn't have to be incredible. These stories can be no. simple as shit, <laughs> and like it'll work just fine most of the and time. part part of the reason for that is because they can be simple but your players are going to mess it up and <laughs> yeah well yeah so that's the other thing right is that it's yeah it, it's gonna whatever like cool idea that you've come up with that's got this like very clear chain of events like it's gonna just fly a hundred percent off the rails really quickly and you kind of have to be able to to react and this actually gets me to kind of an interesting tip that is just sort of a hot tip but um, don't be afraid to just like sit back and listen to your players for a while. Like mm-hmm. if they're just talking about stuff and planning or thinking about, or like thinking about what things might be or anything like that, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, just be quiet. And you'd be amazed how often one, their weird guesses end up being a cooler idea than you had. And you go, Sure. I'll work that and, in. And, like, and that's by great. the way, this is a great time to be writing everything that's already happened in the game yeah. down. Then you get to pretend it's foreshadowing. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you're like, wow, it's look at that. You guys, I had the clues in there that led you guys to this. <laughs> and it's like, it was actually your player's idea. You're just going to plagiarize the hell out of it. That's ab- I've done that. I've absolutely done that. Yeah. Um, and uh, another thing is like, if you're ever worried about like what to prep for, because a lot of the time, like players will just go in some like real bizarre directions. Uh, you, you just listen to what they're saying. Like they, a lot of the time, players will tell you like exactly where they want to go. Now that's not going to stop them from like, all right, I've prepped out what they said, and you sit down. And they go, we're going to change directions completely and go somewhere yeah. else. Um, this I, this happens in any game. Um, players, players are the worst part of any. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the best they're, too. They're, no, they're they're terrible. I hate them all. Um, no. <laughs> I do. I do want to take a real quick pause here and talk about what this prep actually looks like because we've talked a lot about like these are good hooks. This is how you can start your game. Oh, but for sure. What do you like physically? What do you do to prepare for this point? Because I think gotcha. a lot of DMs hear these these things. They're like, oh yeah, that's really cool, and then they have no idea how to prepare themselves to actually do them. 
So one of the things that I really like to do is I like to, I have a Google folder in my Google Drive that has lots of different documents with ideas on them that I whenever I just have a cool idea, I put I put it on one of the things that it's relevant to. And then when I'm trying to design a story or an adventure or the beginning of a campaign or whatever, um, I like to go in and I like to get a couple of key things down. If they're if there's a possibility they're going to go to a place, I want a description. I want like two or three named characters that they're going to meet there potentially and some inf information they should get there. I want to have like the encounters that they might have basically ready to go. And what, what I mean by that is if you're going to use a random table, you should know what that table is and you should have the stat blocks for those monsters on hand. I would I would, um, I would honestly, if you do want to do it randomly, I would suggest actually rolling on it before. Yes, that the too. game ever uh, starts. Don't don't actually randomize things at the table. It's it's clunky and it's slow. And yeah. unless you have like an encyclopedic knowledge of like monster stats and stuff like it's it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Or or you can do what I do, which is way more work, um, but gets you to the same point, which is I just I make up my own table, which is like a D6 instead of a D10 usually. And then I just have each one of those scenarios like the monster blocks on a page that I can just click on and then yeah I've, I've done that before I've done that for larger campaigns when I know I'm going to use that table a lot yeah yeah uh, I'll, I'll just be like you know I'll just make my life um, easier and do this ahead of time yeah the other thing that I'm going to recommend so you you should have like descriptions of the places they're going to go this is like a paragraph at most uh, you should have some people they're going to meet you should have information you want them to get you should have a list of loot that they can find there and how they can find it like is it hidden behind a secret panel on a door how how hard is it to open that panel how hard is it to find that panel those kind of things um you should have that all like pre-written to some degree so that you're not scrambling in the moment um the other thing i really like to do when i'm starting off a campaign is i like to um basically just sort of have a list of names for like male characters and yes. female characters that you might run into because yeah. they're going to stop random people and you're going to have to be like, okay, and figure out who that person is. So if you have like a list of names, like first names, last names, uh, you can just be like, uh, I'm this person. And then if you've also just got like some mannerisms, um, like if you're garbage at accents, that's fine. You don't have to be good at accents. But if you do some really interesting things, like give them some sort of unique like vocal tick or oh, I've got I've got an incredible video that we should put in the description. Remind me. Okay. I'll, I'll, All right. I'll send it to you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so like you don't have to have an accent. Like one of the things that I did in the first campaign that I ran after I got married is they ran into a doc person and they needed to like get some information out of him. And so his thing was he just was constantly yawning like to the point where it was almost comical. And they still talk about that character. He didn't have an accent or anything. He was just always yawning like mid word mid sentence and then apologizing about it i didn't have to do anything special i just had to like fake a yawn every three four words Glorious. so that that's about where i would be prep wise for the point that we're talking about at, at just so you can get an idea and i don't know chandler brett is that more or less too much what oh i do too much prep so don't do what i did okay <laughs> uh i mean it's it's similar to how i'll generally do it um i've yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. Like, it, you you want to be able to kind of have that framework, right, that, that you can work with. Um, I handwrite a lot of things. I, I I hate handwriting, but something about doing it makes my creative function a lot better. 
I've found. Um, so I, I actually have a lot of handwritten notebooks around my house of just weird ideas and stuff that I've written out. Um, I don't know why. I've just always been that way. I, I handwrite a lot of stuff if it's creative. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't have the time. Like, I, I would like to do it. Oh, yeah. It's I so much you. slower and it annoys me, but something about it just works better for me. So I just that's just what I do. Fair enough. Um, it's also just kind of nice because I can have a notebook everywhere I go and you just kind of like. Yeah. It's easy. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. Before you even get started, you should have a notebook and a pencil with you at the table. Like and you should just be writing things down like while the players are, are, are in combat, like between rounds or to set up combat, you can write down the initiative order when they do stuff. You can be like, oh, they went here and they did this and they met this person. Just like write it down really fast. Um, one of the things that I like to do when I have enough time is to like write a post game session like synopsis for the players but secretly actually that's just what i want for myself so that i don't forget anything because another thing that players will always do always is they will <laughs> remember the stupidest little details mm -hmm. that you will 100 forget and then then they'll pop that on you like four or five sessions later and you're like the what that you found where from who <laughs> like what are you talking about you're like, yeah, look, it's, it's in my inventory and I have the notes like we met this person. We did this thing. And uh, then you'll have the slow dawning of realization and you'll have to stall for like time to figure out what happened. And yeah, you don't want that to happen to you. So write down everything. Yeah. Lots of notes for sure. Um, yeah, definitely very, very helpful. Uh, I do want to note something you mentioned as well, too. Um, you, you don't have to you don't have to do accents if you don't want to. I'm. I'm pretty good at a lot of them, so I do them, but you don't have to. It's, yeah. It, a lot of people, I think, worry about that. It It's fine. <laughs> I'm okay <laughs> at some. And yeah. honestly, like, that's one of the fun things about D&D &D with the group that I'm playing with right now is they want to do, like, the, the social role play. And so they make me do the accents, and it makes me practice. And then everybody gets a good laugh when I morph from, like, very Russian to very something else. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so. I, I have a couple accents that slide a little bit, but I don't know. I just kind of roll with it. Um, there's some I'm good at. There's some I'm not. It's life. Uh, yep. But um, like you, like it's not something you have to do. You know, yeah. don't don't feel pressured to do that kind of a thing. Um, it can be helpful if you're good at it, but if mm -hmm. and if you're not, frankly, it doesn't matter. Like if you don't give a shit, then just do it or not. It's up to you, yeah. but uh, we're, not, we're, not your dad. we're not your dad. Yeah, I'm not your dad. As far as we know, uh, <laughs> unless you're our children listening to this in the far future, in which case, hi, what are you doing? Um, but, like, yeah, it, it, it don't, don't feel pressured to do anything like that that you don't want to do. There, there's some really amazing DMs that literally, literally will just go. He's like the guy says this like they won't even do it in first person it it just depends some people like you know have different preferences but yeah. nothing nothing set in stone i think this is a good place to jump back real fast to something mm -hmm. that we completely didn't talk about at the beginning which is session zero oh, there's like eight billion things we haven't talked about i know but this is a really important one sure so we'll go over it quickly. Session zero is the session before your first session. And what it does is it establishes what your players want and also lets you have like time to build characters together. Um, mm. This is really important because sometimes your characters or your players will want things that you absolutely did not expect that they would want or um, are not comfortable with certain things that you were like very much planning on putting into your campaign. Like, for example, uh, if I ever put anything in that puts any child in danger at all anywhere, my wife will throttle me. I found that out. 
the hard way because I did have a session zero. And in one of our one shots, a Rakshasa comes in, like hypnotizes all the child, the town's children and like kidnaps them to the, to the, you know, dimensions of hell. And the game went great. Everybody seemed like they were having a great time. And then everybody left and I got an earful. So, you know, just don't be aware. Be you. <laughs> yeah, don't let that be you. And also, like, if your friends legitimately have problems with some things, like if you have friends with severe arachnophobia, don't be a jerk and put spiders in the campaign. Like, don't do that. <laughs> just don't. But also, but also find out if they have that because, you know, that's good information to have so that you don't do that. D and D supposed to be really fun. It's not supposed to be stressful for anybody except for the DM. <laughs> it will be stressful for you. It's your job. Sorry, yep. deal with it. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. But you signed up for it, so you know what you're getting into. Well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's my favorite aspect of the game for sure. Uh, but it's it's something that you you don't you don't want to take it to like it. It's not it's not some like precious. You're not picking up the mantle of DMs of legend. Like you're having a good time with your friends. Yeah. Just relax, roll with it. You'll be all right. Like it's it's a it's a good time. And if you need to like get on and do watch like you can get on and watch some games and kind of see how things are are structured, at least. Yeah, Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But just remember that, like, it's not always going to be a bunch of highly professional actors getting together doing improv. Uh, It's 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 different for everybody. Yeah, let's talk about running combat because oh, there's I think so many dumb little things for combat. Yeah. I know, but we should talk about a few of them at, at the very least, because this is like our role playing a character uh, or an NPC or just even like being an NPC, like or just saying like an NPC does this it is one thing that some people will have a, a problem with. But another thing that people will have a problem with is like running combat because it can get really complicated really fast. So there are a lot of good tricks to know. And you should know them. Uh, yeah, don't end your campaign with four creatures with legendary actions all having a fight at the same time. <laughs> Good tip. I'll keep that in mind. Don't, don't do that. I'm actually planning on doing that, but I, I know it's what actually I'm extremely entertaining if you're kind of ready for it. But boy, it's a yeah. lot. I was like, I'm tired. My head hurts. <laughs> like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, so some things that I would recommend doing right off the bat is writing down initiative order for everybody at the beginning of combat so that you know where people are going to be. Um, and then one of the things that I do is I have a little sticky note, like one of those like page tab sticky notes, and I just move it down the list as people are going. This keeps me very organized and I don't have to worry about stuff. Yeah, keeping keeping initiative organized is huge. I I do it by hand just out of habit. I I, I write down I literally I write down everybody's character name before every yep. combat. It's a problem, but I write down everybody's character name. I ask them for their initiative. I also write my monsters down under them. And then I quickly just reorder them in order of whatever the initiative, and then I run down the order. It's there are better ways to do it, but it's functional. But it yeah. may, you you want to make sure it's organized, right? Yeah, um, and it's, it should be consistent because if you can do the same thing repeatedly, then your players will get faster at it, and so will you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do it the um, way that Matt Mercer does it because it just makes the most sense to my brain. That's how I kind of was doing it before I saw Critical Role, anyway. But 
yes yeah it's yeah he pretty much does it the same way i always did um yeah so like you 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 want to make sure it, uh, this is something i do a lot i will either recreate or straight up photocopy sections of the monster manual in order to have monster stats like in one very easy to find place yes uh yeah sitting there flipping between because i i like to pull monsters from drastically different parts of the book and shove them together mm-hmm. and having to constantly flip between pages and like have like i i was i never think ahead on this i always end up with like a bunch of like pencils shoved into the book bookmark and yeah or parts <laughs> of it and i'm like flipping between like five different pages because i'm like right i needed a bandit captain but also wolves, but also zombies, and then a dragon. And you're yep. just like, ah, and, and if I haven't thought ahead and didn't like photocopy those out, having all of those like resized onto one sheet uh, makes life a hundred thousand times easier. Yes. Um, and and, and I, let me offer an even easier solution than that. I just take pictures of the stat blocks with my phone yeah, and then I put yeah. them in a Google Doc. Yeah, that's kind of what I end up doing. It's, yeah, I just take pictures of it. And um, I, I just, I don't know, I, I like having like, papers i don't use a computer oh no I, I i print out the the papers yeah so that's kind of what i mean i, I don't but, mean like say yeah. photocopy i mean modern photocopying which yeah is taking <laughs> pictures of it and shoving them into a document yeah. um yeah no I, I definitely do that the same way uh yeah. yeah um it's just it's lots of little things to like think ahead about the fact that like you're going to be managing a lot of things you are operating as the computer in a turn-based strategy game for a minute there and uh you have a lot of little things to manage it's not always perfect um yeah i also recommend having a like a little tiny whiteboard and or or you can just use paper but i have a little tiny whiteboard and that i use to keep track of monster hit points and i just like make a line across the top write in all the names of the monsters divide them all with lines going down and then i just um like i mark how much damage they've taken and when that number gets bigger than their total hit points they're dead the way I do it is fucking horrible and don't do it. it's very <laughs> okay. bad. All right. No, I'm going to explain how I do it and you're going right. to shudder. It's bad. Oh, no. Um, all right. I look at all of the creatures that I've put on the table uh-huh. and I write down, no joke, I kind of see how they're positioned left to right in front of me and I write oh, down no. their health bars in roughly that line. And if it all gets uh-huh. mixed up, I just hope I remember it right. Oh, dear. It's very bad. Like, literally, I try not to do this. And every time I go, oh, shit, I don't know what to do and just do that. And it does work fine for me, but it makes my life way harder. And I should do that. Yeah, like I do. Let's see. What are the things that I do? I put like little color beads next to or on top of their bases and I just differentiate them by color. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, I have like a sticky note, like just different colors of sticky notes or I just like sticky note numbers on them. So I know which ones they are. Yeah, um, when I'm not being a dumbass, I will like put a die next to each one with a number on it so mm-hmm. that I have them numbered, but I'm not always and it's more set up. Like there's better ways to do it. Yeah. Uh anything that like adds that much time sitting there setting up is just a bad idea. Like there's a lot of shit I this is a thing. Like I've done this for a long time. There's a lot of things I do that I'm just like has it's a habit that I've done since I was like basically a kid and I need to stop doing that. But I I do it anyway. Right. I just accept my fate. Um, So there's a lot. I mean, there's lots of little things. And it's kind of like just another point, though, is that like nobody's doing everything perfectly. Like we're all just kind of hitting buttons here. 
and yeah. figuring things out and working out our own kind of weird way of doing everything. It's just, it's part of the process. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't, you don't have to do it all perfectly. Absolutely. Um, so after the game, and I think this is probably like the last topic we're going to touch on True. after the game session. So hopefully you've written things down. Um, mm-hmm. because probably for most of us, the game gets over at like midnight or one in the morning and you don't want to remember anything and you just want to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you should have everything written down. And then within the next couple of days, what I like to do is I like to go back in and I like to just quickly review the notes. And then I like to start prepping for the next section based off of whatever the players were doing. Um, by doing the exact same thing, writing down like, um, like places that they might go, descriptions of those things, players that are NPCs that I might have them meet, uh, things that they need to know from those NPCs, magical items they might have. Um, I might also be like keeping track of how many days have been going on if there's time sensitive things or, or like, um, like if they're having a magical item crafted and it takes X number of weeks. Uh, they they always want to know how many more days it is until I can go pick up my thing. And you have to know that because you're the DM. Um, so those are all really good things to do. It's also useful, like I said, to send out that summary to the players. If you've got one that they can have, like just redact the information you don't want them to have from it. And that way they're also on the same page and they, they kind of know what's going on. Yeah. It's a good thing to do. Yeah, what's the, what's, sure. what's the word? Best practices? I think that's the word. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I should know this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I also uh, I also recommend um, taking the time, if you've got like a major villain piece that's going to be like recurring, to make up a character sheet for them. Maybe not right away, but definitely do this. Um, I love making like PC character sheets for like uh-huh. NPCs to come up a lot. It's very fun. It's, it is it's very fun. My, it's one of my favorite weird little processes. It also lets you make characters, which as the DM you won't do very often. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And so doing that. And then uh, one of the things that often is a gigantic pain in the butt is keeping track of spells. And there are a couple of websites that you can go to. I think one of them is just called like dndspells.com or something like that. Hold on. Something like that. Uh, Literally every time that a spell comes up, I do not open the book. I open my phone and Google it, and there, yeah. there's something immediately that so, comes up every time. If you go to dnd-spells.com, <clears throat> you can register with Google and make an account and save up to like 30 spell books, and mm-hmm. it will just print them off for you, like all the spells in, at by level for that character. Nice. So I, I do this for all of my player characters at the beginning of the campaign too like i have them tell me what spells they're going to have access to and i just print them off like three pages or the two pages or whatever it is that have all of the like descriptions and all of the costs and everything and then i have a little section at the back of my dm binder for all of their spells as well and i can just like rifle through them if i need to check something Mm. um and this can be immensely useful for planning things too like maybe you're gonna put uh, a specific kind of oh i don't know like Maybe you're going to put them in a marsh where if they're in the water for too long, things start happening to them. But you didn't realize that they just have access to ritual cast walk on water uh, and get to avoid that almost completely uh, for a random non-specific example. That definitely didn't happen at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although in my defense, that was a one shot and I had no idea what spells you guys are going to have. Oh, um, yeah. No, for sure. 
Just just ban just ban wizards. Uh, it wasn't even a wizard. It was a <laughs> really? cleric. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like, he was just like, yeah, so we're walk- uh, I have walk on water. Oh, how many times per day can you cast that? Well, it's like level four, so I can cast it four. T- Wait, it's a ritual. Well, and no, I'm over there just the, like yeah, trying not to is, die. Yeah, like I, I was I was actually a, uh, um, that was my divine soul sorcerer. And I just, I had so much weird shit. Yeah, it's good. Oh, that wasn't even you. That was Tegan's character. Oh, was that Tegan's character? Yeah, yeah that was Tegan's character. Oh, I had the death ward on everybody thing. You had the that, death ward on everybody good. and you were also like healing everybody and. Yeah, with with bullshit sorcerer healing. Yeah, yeah good. Yep. <laughs> also, pro tip: um, know what like if your characters want a magic item for a one shot, know what they do. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. Yes. Everything was fine. Yeah, I had this really really cool encounter planned out that basically got very much one sided by one magic item that I didn't realize did the thing it did. I it did not click to me how strong that thing was either. Frankly, when we, horn uh, of. Horn of the Hunt. Horn, Horn, of, of, Horn of Valor, I think, is what Horn it's of called. Valor. Yeah, it summons a bunch of berserkers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But then I got to mind control the person who controlled it, and then I failed the last save. Yep. Uh, oh, well. Yeah. Good times. All right. We're, we're running over our time. But uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us for a little while. This is a huge topic. Like, it's the kind of thing that, like, I could spend many i don't know i probably will find a reason to spend many many hours talking about this kind of thing uh in a kind of more structured fashion but um yeah. i thought it was just kind of an interesting topic to attempt i guess in our own chaotic manner yes uh but if you have any like specific questions or just want to chat with me about it i love talking about just tabletop role playing it's same it's it's i mean it rivals mini wargaming real hard for like my favorite hobbies i i, I mm-hmm. do it a lot and I absolutely love it. We, we have a section in our Discord called Dungeons and Death Jacks, and if you want to talk with us about it, just tag us in there, and we'll we will not shut up until you <laughs> yeah <to>. yeah <laughs> um yeah it's good times uh but yeah if you want to if you want to shoot us a message or anything like that or yeah chat on there absolutely go ahead we'd love to hear from you um in the meantime though I want to give a big thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon because you guys are all absolutely amazing I talked a little bit about on our other cast we've got people moving over uh, to the, kind of the new system um, if you haven't done that go ahead and try to swap over before terribly long uh, All I mean pretty quickly here uh, the old tiers are going to be removed so people will yep. be booted off uh, just so you know but um, yeah huge thanks for all the support that you've given us for so long though and and thanks for kind of continuing with us as we go on to this uh kind of new direction that we're doing everything um and yeah if you want to check out our website it's loswarmachine.com if you check out the show notes for this uh yeah we're gonna have a couple links to a couple of videos that i i'll send Jaden and make sure those get on there um yes, about about dming uh, that are just like some of my personal favorite uh things to talk about on that but it also has the uh, link to our discord uh, just an awesome gaming channel where we have a ton of people in there chatting about stuff all the time um uh yeah definitely go check that out if you want to just uh, be in a gigantic room full of like-minded people who like talking about nerd shit um mm-hmm. absolutely do that you can check out our facebook which is line of sight you can shoot any of us messages we're all generally pretty friendly uh, or you can actually shoot the line of sight itself a message and we always get those and, and respond to them pretty quickly uh, our email is loswarmahords at gmail.com and uh that's all that's relevant for now so thanks so much for hanging out with us see you guys next time bye, bye.